You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz, and along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to the Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. It's September 2nd, 2016, Friday right before the Labor Day weekend. And yes, in this country, we evidently celebrate organized labor instead of liberty. We should be celebrating Constitution Day. Uh, You know, that's in two weeks from now. But this is where we live. It's almost the end of the summer. Um, It doesn't feel like it's summer for us here at Conservative Review. We've been so busy on issue after issue. It's been tough times for conservatives. It's going to be a tough, rough fall for all of us with Congress coming back in session. We'll have all that information for you. I just want to give a shout out first to um, our new newsletter we have. A lot of people are asking me, hey, I'm not on your email list. Well, you know, again, tweet me your email address if you ever want me to send out my personal articles. But Conservative Review is now emailing out at least twice a week. We have a great email list. The easiest way to sign up, if folks want to go to the bottom of the CR webpage, there's easy way to sign up. For listeners on desktop, it's on the right side of every article. So make sure you sign up for our letters. Make sure you sign up for LevinTV.com. It's literally your only sane TV show now um, where people actually stay consistent from day to day. And I want to talk about the consistency as well. And then, as always, you know, help our sponsors at Patriot Mobile. Go to PatriotMobile.com. Stop sending your money to liberal organizations to Planned Parenthood by funding some of the current carriers. Um, AT&T, Sprint. I switched to Patriot Mobile. I'm actually wearing my Patriot Mobile shirt right now. So up to 5% of your funds will go to the conservative organization of your choice. Vote with your wallet. All right, guys, I wanted to talk about today the need for conservatives to stop banging our heads against the wall. The definition of insanity is repeating the same thing, expecting a different result. And that's what we're doing. We need to think bigger. We need to think broader. We've been discussing this over the last couple of months. The Republican Party is dead. It is deader than dead. There is no future for conservatives in this party. I mean, come November 9th, if the especially if the likely result is, you know, is indeed a Hillary Clinton victory, there is no reason to continue, oh, let's come back next cycle and try to elect more conservatives in primaries. As many of you who followed my career know, I, I've done this already the last few cycles. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You had this past week. Let's start out with our first piece of evidence we'll submit to the table here. Why? Conservatives have no future in this party. We have a good article up, roundup from the Tuesday night primary elections in Arizona and Florida. And conservatives got swept. And this is going to continue happening. What happens is you have open house seats where everyone runs as a conservative, especially in the solid Republican districts. Your average person, why would you even know? And I, I don't mean that as a put down. I mean, 
even some of us who follow this, every single House district, and especially a lot of them haven't had a previous record in the legislature, and it's hard to know where they're coming from. They all run commercials saying how conservative they are. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's the one with the most money to get that supposed conservative message across the board into people's thick skulls who's going to win every time. The guy with the most name recognition. 95% of the time, by virtue of him having that money, he ain't one of us. <laughs> That's just the reality. And, you know, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but we literally got swept. And you can you could refer back to the article. We'll put it in the show notes conservatives being swept in, in almost every seat. Uh, luckily, we held on to the one uh, incumbent conservative that was running for re-election and challenged by the establishment. But for the most part, we're losing. And again, we're not losing because people reject our, our values, just the opposite. The other side runs on them. We had two conservatives, one in uh, Arizona, one in Florida, who are retiring. And those seats are now going to be you know, filled with Kevin McCarthy uh, and, and Paul Ryan acolytes. This is what we have. There's a fatal flaw in our primary process. If the other side has the money, the media support, the organization, and most importantly, the name recognition, and that's often bought with, um, with money in an open seat or they have it already if they're an incumbent, I don't know how you break through that. If they are willing to use that to run on our issues, you know, yeah, if you, if you, let's say, let's say our guy spends $200,000, their guy spends $3 million. This is what happened in Florida second district. Let's say they, they have a superior firepower, but they use it to say, look, we need amnesty. We need bailouts. We're, we're not, we're not going to shut the government down. Um, you know, we're going to give the Democrats what we want. <laughs> well, I could tell you they could spend $10 million saying that. And actually, the more money they spend, the more they'll lose. But they're not that dumb. And this is the problem being that we are in their system. We are playing in their haunted house where they control every lever. We can't distinguish ourselves from them. We wear the same jersey. We all wear the team R jersey, which is presumptively the conservative party. And they all run on our issues. So how do you set... We give them legitimacy by running in their party. At some point, we're going to have to separate ourselves out. And, and look, we've had a number of podcasts on this, and you, know, you could refer back to them. I have ideas about reforming the primary process, why we need to go to a Utah-style convention, representative conventions instead of direct democracy, what the founders really wanted... Uh, because that way it's more high information activists that you you know you elect a precinct leader in each district and they go to a convention and vote and you know they're not going to be fooled as much by these lying ads they'll know where these people are coming from who they are their voting records um, it's very hard for your average voter to to really break through that especially if the other side is willing to manipulate I mean I've played this before on some of our podcasts. On the radio, we have, we have a lot of articles about this where you would have Paul Ryan recording robocalls for literally the most liberal Republicans saying how they're outsiders coming in to fight the establishment and fight the special interests. So that's the thing. We're never going to distinguish ourselves from this. They're going to continue winning. I, I would love to tell you, oh, we'll come back next cycle and we'll do even better. I'll start a pack and fundraise and send you guys email and say, hey, send money to my pack because we'll really elect conservatives. If we don't change the game, 
If we don't change our methods, it's not going to work. I'm convinced of that. And I think this election stands as a, as a testament to that. But that, that, that's the first piece of evidence. We, we can no longer win elections. We're strangers in our own party. Let's move on to the legislative sphere. You know, Congress is going to come back in session next week after Labor Day. They're going to have the final three weeks before they break permanently for the general election in October. Final three weeks of this Congress, of, of this 114th Congress, this legislative session, I just want to set up the scenario here. <laughs> this is your closing argument. You, know, you as Republicans were given the control of the House and the Senate in the 2014 elections, and this is a major platform. You could use this. You have the budget bill coming up to fund FY 2017 budget. It's due September 30th. You could use your power of the purse, not for issues that are tough issues like Social Security or minimum wage, we're talking about 80-20 issues, treasonous stuff this administration is doing that you could say we're not funding. The Iran stuff, the ransom, the alliance with Iran. More information has come out about Obama violating the terms of the agreement and actually allowing Iran to violate it. Um, all the separate private agreements that were made that he, against law, um, did not submit to Congress. That was part of the corker Cardin deal. As bad as that bill was, he even violated it. You have the refugee stuff. Obama is going to increase the number of refugees even more than this year. No one wants this. You could just defund that. You have Obama letting people out of jail. Carp Blanche, hundreds of violent felons. Just dismantling our criminal justice system. You know, you have, in addition to all that, you have Obama opening up new streams of immigration, violating our parole and refugee and asylum. We have a lot of great articles on that. You have 30,000 Middle Easterners, according to Southern Command, were caught coming into through our southern border just during the first 10 months of this fiscal year. It's a lot of major issues here. Lots of major issues. You have Obama's giveaway of the internet to an international tribunal. I mean, it's funny. You know, you have a lot of ideological issues, taxes, abortion, but there are certain issues that just cross ideological lines. What American, Democrat, liberal, anyone wants to give away the internet control of internet domains to Russia and China and Iran. This is unbelievable. You know, you have the defense authorization bill drafting women into our military potentially. You have the transgenderism in the military. So many good things that we could we could, you know, draw a line in the sand and, and, and fight. Yet what is the Republican hill to die on? What is their closing argument for this election? They are going to codify George Soros's and Obama's jailbreak agenda. They call it criminal justice reform, reducing sentences at a time of violent crime, handing more power to the unelected judges, which we're going to discuss in a minute, are, are killing this country. This is what your Republican Congress plans to do when they come back. I, I mean, imagine that. Dem picture Chuck Schumer, Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, Democrat leadership. They plot and scheme day and night. They wake up in the morning and say, what can we do to use every resource we have, every bit of time, every talent, every treasure we have to advance our cause? Republicans wake up every day and say, what can we do to use our time, treasure, and talent to advance the other side's cause? They're plotting and scheming how to get conservatives on board with supporting the so-called criminal justice reform. 
I mean, this is mentally ill. I mean, even if someone buys into this notion that we need to go soft on crime now, some of these libertarians out there, I don't get it. But politically, it is dumb. Wait until you have control of something and do it properly. This is what you're going to do? I mean, you have a dumpster fire at the top of the ticket. Right, you're, you're getting crushed. You're losing down ballot. You're going to lose the Senate. You might lose the House. You're going to lose a bunch of statewide races. And this is your opportunity to fight back and, and change the discussion, change the narrative from Trump's personality to the issues that, that people care about that Obama's vulnerable on. And instead, you take an issue that is Obama's number one legacy item that people don't want it, particularly suburban voters. I mean, what suburban voters are marching on Washington Give me criminal justice reform or give me death. I mean, who talks like that? No one wants that. And particularly the swing voters in, in, in suburban areas. You hang this around Obama's neck. Instead, they're going to codify it. It literally, literally makes no sense. This party is broken. They will never serve as a vehicle for us. And I just want to digress a bit on, on some of this criminal justice stuff. This is a very comprehensive problem. You know, one of the things, if you followed my career over the years, what we do at Conservative Review, we don't view things in a vacuum. We, we juxtapose. We, we, we have, you know, we, we observe a long train of, you know, different occurrences, different pieces of legislation, different court cases, different political events. And there is something very sickening going on on the criminal justice front. George Soros and the Democrats, and Republicans are completely bought into this, are working to shred every single leverage point that has ensured over the last several decades we've reduced violent crime. So it's going after the police. It's going after sentences, mandatory sentences. Devolving more power to the courts. The courts themselves are now, um, you know, they're they're, uh, retroactively allowing a bunch of violent cr- criminals to go and reopen their cases. So even without Obama's help, the courts are doing it on their own. Again, it's all back to my book, uh, so- Stolen Sovereignty, Social Transformation Without Representation. It's the two unelected branches. Notice it's the executive branch, the DOJ, and it's uh, you know, the, the courts. They are, they are all shredding tough-on-crime stu- statutes, stuff, t- tough-on-crime methods and procedures. You have George Sor- Soros now who is funding these district attorney races throughout the country to get Black Lives Matter type of guys in DA slots so they don't prosecute people. So, you know, you let people already in jail, out of jail, and you ensure that we don't prosecute new people. And, and again, this is at a time when our civil society is broken. We have more crime than, than ever. This is not the time to be doing this. And what's worse, we're going to have stories on this, you know, maybe over the weekend, maybe next week. Obama's Advisory Council on Science and Technology came out with a report. They are recommending that they push to invalidate a, 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 big, a big portion of forensic evidence. This is very scary. Because, you know, one of the things over the last number of decades that has really improved in nailing prosecutions, nailing convictions is the improvement in in forensics. And they want to go after just basic stuff, ballistics, um, bite marks, things like that, where that have been used, um, you know, even fingerprinting. It's funny, you talk about the party of science. So they believe global warming, oh, I'm sorry, I mean climate change, is settled science. 
transgenderism is settled science that a person is born a man that that, that a man is born more gay than he is more a man that's settled science yet somehow forensics basic forensics that have been used to nail convictions over the last number of years is not settled science they're saying it's faulty and where is this all coming from where is this all headed do they want anarchy sure that's definitely part of George Soros's agenda. But this is all about creating a permanent Democrat majority, which is why, again, watching the train of observations and juxtapositions together, at the same time, you're seeing Democrat officials push for restoring rights for felons. Because think about it. if It's a one-two punch. You have the federal government or states release thousands, tens of thousands of violent criminals. And then, boom, you have ready-made changing your statutes as uh, with regard to felons voting, all of a sudden you have tens of thousands of, of uh, more Democrat votes in swing states. And this is why Terry McAuliffe, the governor of Virginia, is, you know, he, he basically restored voting rights to about 13,500 against state statutes and the state constitution, by the way. And he plans on doing almost 200,000 more. I mean, it's already hard enough to win Virginia with the takeover of Northern Virginia with the whole D.C. bureaucratic outgrowth there. Uh, certainly, when you add 200,000 more Democrat voters, you're done. I mean, we'll never win that state, you know, not just presidential, but even, you know, statewide elections, Senate, governor. This is where this is headed. But you have the Republicans marching the ball into their end zone. I mean, this is what I just don't understand. They're paying for the news to hang themselves. They're paying for the permanent Democrat majority. In other words, we know Republicans don't stand for principle. We know they don't care about the civil society. They don't care about the security of this country. They don't care about the Constitution. We get that. But do you want to win? And, and, and this is really why I'm telling people there is nothing to salvage in this party. There's one thing if the party stunk and the party didn't stand for anything. Um, but they were marginally better than Democrats. And, and they were effective at getting elected. You say, all right, at least it's a vehicle. Maybe we could improve it over time. But they can't even get elected, and they help the other side on the issues that aren't just bad public policy, but they create a permanent Democrat majority. This is what they are focusing on. I mean, could you imagine the issues that the people – it just – it kills me. Do you, do, you want, do you not want to win? But no, they don't want to win. They want to score points for the Democrats. This party is broken. It will never work for us. We could bang our head against the wall. Whoa, we'll elect a couple more. Maybe we'll push it. What we're doing is not working. It's that simple. Two more items I want to discuss in the remaining time. Again, just to show how irremediably broken the Republicans are, how we get no benefit from any of these people. I want to discuss Mike Pence, the Republican VP nominee. You know, look, I grew up, I mean, not grew up, but I came of political age during the time when Mike Pence was considered a top House conservative leader. I mean, he really was a guy I admired. I have a lot of friends that worked for him, very conservative, and uh, he was certainly always a very honorable person, a strong social conservative, a strong believer in God, and yet, I, I couldn't believe it. He came out this week and he said, well, you know, whenever the homosexual agenda, and he didn't obviously frame it that way, he probably said, LGBT, I don't know if he added the Q on or whatever other alphabet soup of sexual deviancies, but he said, whenever that 
abuts or comes into conflict with religious liberty, let's let the courts decide. (laughs) It's like saying, let Hamas decide the fate of the Jews or, you know, let the foxes decide the fate of the hen house. I mean, what? The courts are, I mean, we, we report on this every day. The courts are literally flipping religious liberty on its head, creating a national religion of homosexual um, privileges for, you know, gay individuals to mandate that other people have to service their agenda, but people with their own private property cannot go and just mind their own business. I mean, think about this. The courts just a couple of weeks ago ruled, lower courts, different circuits, they ruled that a private organization under criminal investigation for, you know, I don't even know how to explain it, harvesting baby organs, trafficking baby organs, violating federal law, they are entitled to state funding. Okay, a private entity is entitled to state funding for abortions. But a private entity who's just minding its own business, not getting, you know, um, public funding, they, oh my gosh, they absolutely positively must service the transgender agenda, the homosexual agenda. These are the people for whom Mike Pence, the conservative vice presidential nominee, wants us to submit our religious liberty to. I, I don't understand it, folks. Just 20 years ago, Chuck Schumer and Bill Clinton had moral clarity on this issue. They pushed the Religious Freedom Act. And Mike Pence is running away. No, we shouldn't do that. Just let the courts tell us what to do. I mean, it's not just our values and our unalienable values and our concept of fundamental rights flipped on its head, even among Republicans, even among conservatives. But our whole system of government that he believes we should submit to the courts And what about the courts? That's the final piece of evidence I want to submit into into my case against doing what what we've been doing until now and continuing along this this same failed path. So we're always told, if all else fails, Republicans will never stand for anything. Social, fiscal, national security, they're never going to fight Democrats. But dude, forget about the legislative branch. You got to save the judiciary. You gotta save the courts. We gotta elect better judges. The Democrats win, we have bad judges. So Republicans should win so they could appoint better judges. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me demonstrate how broken this is. Let me demonstrate how broken this is. North Carolina passed simple laws undoing Democrat ridiculous laws that were put in place when Democrats had control of the state. And they just returned elections to normalcy, that you have to show a voter ID to vote. You can't have this nonsense of same-day registration and voting. Um, they, end, they, they didn't end early voting. They should have. But they reduced it from 17 days to 10 days. And then they ended this ridiculous project, um, a policy that's fraught with fraud of having minor 16 and 17-year-olds pre-register to vote, even before they're eligible. And I would argue many of those policies in itself are manifestly unconstitutional or against just, you know, our practice since common law, you know, since the adoption of of the Constitution. But certainly to mandate that you have to have those policies is nuts. But that's exactly what the lower courts did. The Fourth Circuit so-called overturned, not that you could overturn a state law, but, you know, that's the prevailing practice, prevailing understanding. Fourth Circuit overturned North Carolina's election laws. 
basic election procedures that North Carolina as a state has full power um, to execute. So, you know, with the leadership of Paul Clement, the great conservative uh, litigator, he helped North Carolina petition the Supreme Court for emergency appeal to put a stay on the Fourth Circuit's ruling. So, I mean, at least pending this out, this election, they, they could continue with their law so they don't have voter fraud. Now, on many of the issues, there's a 4-4 split. But on the pre-registration issue, meaning mandating that North Carolina must allow 16-year-olds to pre-register to vote, constitutionally mandated, 14th Amendment, that's what the lower court said, you understand only Justice Clarence Thomas would have granted the stay on that provision. Even Alito didn't join in. So when they say we're going to appoint originalist judges, this is what it means. What it means is this. It means that Democrat judges will say you have an unalienable right to 20 days of early voting. Republican judges will say, you know what? You only have a right to 15 days of early voting. Now, really, you go back to the Constitution, you don't have any right to early voting. And early voting itself is manifestly against the spirit of the Constitution. I mean, this is how far we've come. It's like the Democrat judges will say, two members of your household must get a sex change operation. The Republican judges will say, nah, I don't agree on that case. But if you litigate, if you bring a case in front of them, say one member of the household, yeah, I think there is a 14th Amendment mandate, equality, to ensure that transgender don't feel uncomfortable. You know, we need more uh, sex change operations. This is what it means when we say the courts hang in the balance. Yeah, they hang in the balance where you still have 4-4 Supreme Court or some lower court decisions hanging in the balance Twenty between tranche number 20 and tranche number 21 in post-constitutional Sodom and Gomorrah, where the Republican judges will only take it to 20, the Democrats will take it to 21 and beyond whatever the Democrat political figures want. They'll give to them. Republicans will only give them 60%. I mean, this is the problem we have. We're never going to win because we have fundamentally accepted 90% of the premise of the left, whether it's legally, whether it's policy-wise, whether it's politically. We can't even stand for the proper role of the judiciary, the proper interpretation of the Constitution, the concept of fundamental unalienable rights. We can't stand for law and order anymore. Think about it. Law and order and religious liberty were untouchable in the 90s. Even Democrats had to at least pay lip service to it. Now you can't even get the most conservative members to fight on them. This is my point. Now you say, all right, well, let's get better guys elected. It's not going to happen as a Republican. I'm just, I'm just warning you, we have to identify the severity of the problem before we come up with a solution. Look, maybe there's a middle ground. Maybe there's ways. I mean, I'm looking into it where in some states you could run as a Republican and let's call it the Freedom Party, the new party we create. You could do it simultaneously as kind of a transition for one or two elections until we you know, get off the ground. But we, what we cannot do is do the same thing we're doing. It all stems from a... a it, it, everything that's happening now is downstream from a deviation of our founding values, the Constitution. You'd be shocked. Most conservative elected officials, my book, Stolen Sovereignty, and I, you know, I thank you all for, for purchasing a copy. Those of you who haven't, go to Amazon.com, Stolen Sovereignty, 
religious liberty, immigration, sovereignty, the judiciary, fundamental stuff, fundamental rights. I am shocked that, you know, that some conservative House members I sent my book to, this was eye-opening to them. I mean, they, a lot of them really don't understand fundamental rights. They don't understand our system of governance. They don't understand religious liberty. They don't understand the role of the, of the judiciary. Really? Congress could take back power from them? Really? I mean, this is unbelievable. There is no grounding. And, and this is the problem. I mean, we're all having now where we have this ping pong. You're either a Trump, you're either a nationalist and all right, or you're with the establishment. And everyone's kind of flipping back and forth, flipping back and forth on this, on that. You know, you have people who are changing their views to the left to accommodate Trump. You know, the few things Trump says that are good, the people who don't like him then start rejecting that just because they hate Trump. And, and, and you know, everything revolves around whether you are for or, tr- or against Trump. And you, you just change your principles to comport with whatever camp you want to be in. But what we've been doing at Conservative Review is we've been consistent on the principles on the issues. You know, I got a lot of flack when I have an article titled Donald Trump's immigration speech is as American as apple pie. Oh, Daniel, now all of a sudden you're for Trump. You know, I was, I was hit for undermining him and, oh, do you want Hillary elected? And now, oh, yeah. Like, no, I mean, read the article. I say I don't trust the guy from Adam. I, I, I think that was just put on his teleprompter. But nonetheless, the, the, the speech itself was important. The, the words at least were important. I don't. I never, I, I believe me, I don't trust him to abide by them. But we have to vouch not for him, but for the issue. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to all of a sudden not support that just because, you know, it was put on his teleprompter. You know, just like it's stupid to start supporting the homosexual agenda simply because Trump is, you know, if you're a Trump supporter. Let's stay who we are. Don't change who you are. Instead of pursuing new values, new foreign principles, because we failed at doing what we're doing, because we fail, because we are committed to the same old tactics. Why don't we pursue new tactics and new strategies to implement the old timeless principles? That is where we need to head. That is what we must do. We're just about out of time here, folks. Again, change your mobile carrier to Patriot Mobile. Sign up for Levin TV. Sign up for our newsletters. Arm yourselves with the facts. Vote with your feet. Vote with your conscience. Vote with your pocketbook. Again, the issue of this of this election is not who you're going to vote for, whether you're going to vote for Trump or not. It's whether you're going to submit to the tyranny that we get irrespective of who wins or whether we take the, our destiny into our own hands and chart a new course based on our old timeless principles. Have a safe holiday weekend. Thanks for listening, and God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience.